Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am one of those people who can get lost in a paper bag. It's just the way it goes. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, I, I do know, however, they say that, you know, uh, somebody will say, well, I must have been behind the door when they were giving out voices or something. Well, I think I wasn't behind the door. I think I was in the storm shelter. <laughs> I just didn't miss that part, was the direction part. Um, I was grateful when GPS came along and, and uh, my, one of my parishes got me one and the in the olden days of GPSs, because they gave up on me finding anything. I was the first time I was trying to use it with them. I was trying to get to this one guy's house, and it and uh, it was it was sort of off a little bit. But I went and I turned around and I tried and I kept trying and it's been back and forth, and I'm just about in tears because the whole vestry's there waiting for me to get there. So finally I had to call him on the phone, which I did know how to work, and I said, please, where am I? <laughs> His response was not quotable. Um, <laughs> he had to talk me there, for, even with my GPS blaring in my ears. I don't know if you've ever had the experience, but one of my other favorite things about these instruments is, if you have, I have one in my car, then I have one on my phone, 
And I love it when I get them both going and they argue with each other. <laughs> then there is the thing when the road is there, but for whatever reason, the GPS is not picking it up. And I had a, a dinner appointment with one of my uh, members in uh, Grace Calvary in Clarksville. And we were supposed to meet at 5.30. She'd like to eat early, and she wanted me to be sure to get there in daylight. Seemed like a plan. So I'm driving down the road. I'd been to her house once before, but I, I couldn't quite remember, so I'm listening. So I'm going down the road, watch for the turn at, you know, mile, half mile. So then all of a sudden, it was a couple of feet. Make a U-turn. <laughs> wait a minute. What happened to the couple of feet? So this went on, and this is a true, honest-to-goodness story. So I made the U-turn, had to find some place to do it. Back I go. Get ready for a right turn and 50 feet. Make a U-turn. And the deal was, and this went on for a bit longer. I won't bore you with all of it, but the point of it, and it, I pulled off the road. I stopped at the gas station. Where is this road? Nobody knew where the road was. It was one of those sort of, it was there, but the GPS couldn't pick up on it, and there was no road sign for it either. So I finally, just giving up in total frustration, I called the person that was hosting me, and I said, um, you know, I'm lost. She said, well, I hope so, because it's 8 o'clock and you're not here. <laughs> so God bless her. She gets in her car and she comes and meets me. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, I know what it feels like. And it does, it gets more and more frustrating the more you get lost, the longer it goes on. And I suspect that most of us in this room today have had those feelings, whether it is overt, like getting, not being able to get to a place you're trying to go, or if it's much different, which we'll talk about a little bit more. But I wanted to talk about, think about what it is like to be lost and to be found. The very Reverend Sam Candler, who's the Dean of the Cathedral of St. Philip in Atlanta, in a sermon on these same scriptures some years ago, made this statement, God is in the lost and found business. God is in the lost and found business. Well, we can see some of this this morning in our reading from Jeremiah, the letter to Timothy, and of course in the gospel. And that's what we're going to look at. But I'm going to look particularly at Jeremiah and from the gospel. We talked about Jeremiah last week, and we have another two weeks that we'll be looking into Jeremiah. And I think it's important we do know something about him because he's a very dynamic prophet, as I think I said last week. But it's also one of the building blocks of the Christian faith and our understanding of God. Jeremiah, as a young prophet, and we read this two weeks ago, believed that he was, before he was born in his mother's womb, as he eloquently puts it, he was destined for this ministry to be a prophet, to be called to the people of Judah, to warn them what was coming their way if they did not repent and turn away. He had that call on his life 
from a young boy even. Perhaps some of you have had that. I've talked to a lot of people that said, I knew I wanted to be a doctor before I got to first grade. I wanted to be a teacher. I knew that. I used to line all my dolls up and lecture them every day. I wanted to be a school teacher. That sense that we knew what we, who we were supposed to be, what we were supposed to do. The interesting part with Jeremiah is when it's that you're called of God to save a whole nation in a sense, to warn a whole nation, that's the heaviness about that. Wouldn't you agree? That's not something light or something you can accomplish in a few minutes or even maybe in a couple of decades. So Jeremiah's story that we begin to get into today and will follow along, as I said, for a couple of weeks, is of this man as he's growing up trying to do what God wants him to do, feeling that burden, but oftentimes feeling lost in how to do it. How do I get these people to hear? How do I make them understand that unless they turn this country, this land, these people are going to be destroyed? As Jeremiah continues battling this internally and externally, we also discover, and it's not all in just this lesson we heard today, in the fourth chapter and in other parts of his entirety, we begin to see that Jeremiah is also feeling a sense of lostness as to who God is. Now, if God asks me to do something, isn't it fair to think God's going to help me get it done? Seems like a decent bargain. But when Jeremiah's situation is, he's understanding this and trying to see, what is God telling me in this? Why are the people not listening? What else, what more am I supposed to be doing? And in the midst of all of that is the reality that Jeremiah is having to question his notion and idea of God. But here's something that's interesting. Even though Jeremiah is, is confused about the nature and the actions and the mind of God, Jeremiah won't give up. Jeremiah doesn't give up on God. And God doesn't give up on Jeremiah. So much so that Jeremiah toward the end of the book of Jeremiah, finds a new understanding of who God is. Sees that some things he thought were the way God would be forever are not going to be that way. See things that it's not going to just be enough to follow the laws and the rules, the Mosaic covenant. There's more to it. There's a broader picture that God is drawing just as God draws a bigger, wider picture at the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Jeremiah is coming to grips with this. And I would like to say to each of us this morning, we too are those people that have images of God as children. 
It may well be, if not everyone in here, many of us in here have had to let go of some of those images of God, have had to be able to say, the God I saw and understood when I am set was seven years old, that does not play out in the world that I live in. There's too much death, too much destruction, too much that I don't understand. One of mine, not to get too far off on a tangent, but one of the things that I'm still working on it, and I, I tell you that, is the whole deal of God and healing. And I have spent a number of nights in discussion, if you want to call it that, some would call it prayer, with what is this? I don't know how to deal with you, God, in this. I don't feel like I can demand that you heal somebody. I don't feel like that you heal this person and not this person. But God, I am so confused, I don't even know how to pray. And I talked to somebody about this, a mentor. His response to me was, what I have begun to do is say, God, have your way with Mary or Susan or Joe. Have your way with them. Somehow or other, that makes sense. It's not a great wise answer that fits everything, but I am able to say, have your way with them. Fill them with your spirit. What is best for them, please God, hear my prayer. So sometimes, if we're going to grow on this journey, we're going to have to change the images that we've held since childhood of God. Jeremiah, as he was able to allow God to change that. Remember last week we talked about the potter? If you were here, and the potter, and God is the potter, and we are the clay. Well, it was like God molds the images so we can see God in a different way. Now, that's a double mixed, mixed up, upside down, bad metaphor. But it's the best one I can use at the moment because God has to be both clay and potter in that metaphor. But nevertheless, maybe you understand a little bit what I'm saying. God is in the business of lost and found. And God found Jeremiah. God stayed with Jeremiah. And Jeremiah would come to have a new image of what God, how God is acting. If we believe then that God is in this business of lost and found, we could certainly understand why Jesus wants to tell these parables. There are actually three parables that are well known, and we get two of them this morning. The lost sheep, the lost corn, coin, and the other one is the lost son or the prodigal son. So those are the three stories. It's no wonder we love hearing these stories over and over again because that each one of them, if we looked at it individually, we would realize that God's love 
And each one of these parables makes no sense. Did you hear the line when Jesus says to the people, who among you would not leave the 99 and go off to get the one? That would be everybody there except Jesus. That's who would, leave the, would not leave the 99 and go get the one. Because the shepherd that leaves 99 sheep is risking his job, the wrath of the man he works for, the life of the herd he's supposed to keep, to go chase after one shape. Who wouldn't do that? And if you knew it in that way, you realize that God's hunting the lost and finding them is not economically feasible. But God is interested in every one of God's sheep. And God will go after every one of the lost. That's one of the reasons why we want to hear these stories. Keep in mind, though, that the, the human being has to be willing to come back. The human being has to be willing to be found because we do have free will. And part of that means we can say yes or we can say no. Who among us then doesn't know about loss? Loss of jobs, friends, people we love and lovers, pets, spouses, loss of our health, loss of mental and physical acumen, even loss of hope, our beliefs, our opportunities that we thought would come our way that we didn't get, a sense of loss of direction, lose our courage. Haven't we sometimes even understood what someone meant when they said, if not for ourselves alone, I've lost my faith. I've lost my faith. And own and own and own. We sort of know what it is to be lost and confused from time to time about who God is and what God is doing and what God is asking of the church and of us, God's children. The GPS of our uh, I'm sorry, of our being may frequently hear when we are trying to figure out things about our spirituality, our journey with God, the way we're headed, we may hear in our heart or our mind or our soul, make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. And then we have to go and figure out again, God, I thought I was doing what you wanted. I thought I was heading on the path you thought was best. What's the U-turn bit about? I don't get it. And in those moments, we can sympathize and empathize with Jeremiah. We kind of know what it feels like to be lost, sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively, sometimes metaphorically. We also know what it feels like to be found, forgiven, restored, encouraged, 
reconciled. Share this with you from a sermon by Hugh Reed. It's quoted in Wilson's work called Setting Words on Fire, Putting God at the Center of the Sermon. I'm going to be reading parts of this. Let me tell you about a real lost and found event that comes from this sermon I just named. Alan, not his real name, came to me at my previous church in Hamilton wanting to be baptized. He was a child or victim of the me decade and felt compelled to leave home and family to find himself and, of course, lost himself, becoming a stranger to himself and the world, wandering the streets of Vancouver, trapped in a world of drugs. One night he managed to get off the street for a night in one of the shelters. He crashed into the bunk, staring up at the ceiling, listening to the groans, and trying not to be overcome by the odors of the strangers in the bunks around him. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know who he was. But he wanted it to be over, and he considered how it might be that he could take his own life. He was shaken out of these thoughts when someone came into the room and called a name from another world. Is Alan Roberts here? That had been his name once, but he hadn't heard it for some time. He hardly knew Alan Roberts anymore. It couldn't be him being called. The caller persisted. Is there anybody named Ro Alan Roberts here? No one answered. So Alan took a risk. I'm Alan Roberts, or at least used to be. Your mother's on the phone. My mother? He said. No, 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 you've made a mistake. I, I don't know where I am. How could my mother know where I am? If you're Alan Roberts, your mother is on the phone. Unsure of what to expect, he went to the desk in the hall and took the receiver. Alan, it was his mother. It's time for you to come home. Mom, I, I don't know where I am. I have no money. You don't know what I'm like anymore. I can't go home. His mother responded without a moment's hesitation. There's a Salvation Army officer who's coming to you with a plane ticket. He's going to take you to the airport to get you home. It's time for you to come home. She hadn't known where he was. She just called every shelter and hostel for months until she found him that night. Supported and loved by his mother, he went home. There with his mother, who had never ceased to know him, even during the time when he didn't know himself, he 
found love again. Alan began attending church services, and that's how the minister that wrote this story got to know him. When one day Alan showed up at his office, the minister's office, and said, I want to be baptized. I want to be found. The pastor, Reed, concludes, Alan didn't find his own way to my office. It was a path not of his own making, but rather a path made by the love that found him. Love that knew him better than he knew himself. And through that love that began first in the voice of his mother, became the voice of his God. And Alan heard that voice say, Come, Alan, follow me. In conclusion, since God is in the lost and found business, it falls to us as God's children to be partners with God in God's business, which makes all of us in the lost and found business as well. Like Alan's mother, Jeremiah, Jesus, we have to sometimes be willing to question even God, willing to seek and to find and be found. Thanks be to God. Amen.